0: It's often been said that you back founders or teams as opposed to um, the startup itself. I have found this to to be true. Our
1: featured speaker today is the head of projects at Prologue Projects and founding managing partner of Preventures Capital. Tadeo, it's a great pleasure to have you join us as our featured speaker today. Thanks so much for being willing to share your journey with us.
0: You're welcome. Um, Thank you for for inviting me as well. I, I really appreciate it, Nancy and Spencer.
1: Yeah, no, it's our pleasure to have you.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much um, for, for, for that. Um, in terms of my, my voyage um, and, and, and a bit of self, self-discovery, I've worked in corporate um, most of my life, um, probably about 22 uh, decades in the corporate world. One of the issues um, that I've discovered is, is just that transition, um, that sometimes there's a, a, a need to transition from a corporate to an entrepreneurial um, journey. Having said that, uh, I've been based um, originally from Zimbabwe uh, and am based in, in, in South Africa and have been for the last 10 years, um, 10 years or so. As, as Nancy highlighted, um, I, I run Prolog projects which is a projects and, and services company um, as well as more recently ProVentures Capital um, which is a, a VC fund um, on operating on the African continent as well as um, an accelerator program uh, to help entrepreneurs um, set up um, the startups and do something great on the African continent. I guess that's the, that's the brief introduction. Maybe we can we can then go into the questions, uh, Nancy and Spencer.
1: Absolutely. thanks so much. I, I see that you have you know quite the balance of experiences. You know, right now. I I know we kind of caught you almost mid-work day. Um, I was wondering if you might detail a little bit more of some of your experience growing up, um, and if there were some early life events and mentors that influenced your personal and professional development, maybe helped you decide which career choices to make.
0: Yeah, sure. So in in terms of... um, I, I. like, like I highlighted, I, I, I've spent most of my experience, um, most of my working life in a corporate environment. Having said that, I um, one of the key people who were influential in my life and possibly my entrepreneurial um, voyage was when I worked for um, a family owned business. Um, and and in that, who a family-owned business, who was an, an entrepreneur, um, a, a flexible packaging company, a manufacturing company in in Zimbabwe um, for the first for the first four years, he had um, he influenced my my journey uh, in, in in quite a few areas in, in that he set up his um, the manufacturing company um, over a period of 10 years, scaled it up to the point of being acquired by a multinational company. So I, I learned quite a lot from, from that. I, I, I learned things, what to do and, and, and what not to do. One of the other areas that, that really influenced me um, I, I guess I'm, I'm giving my my age away. Was was the during the dot com boom, and this was just after working for um, the the family owned business. I uh, helped to run an internet cafe and business center um, for once again a, a, a family, um, and uh, I learned quite a lot and. One of the things that then happened was was that, as he decided to divest from that from that business. and so I offered to to purchase it. And um, I learned quite a bit of um, the acquisition acquisition skills and, and and how to how to run a, a small business and look at how to how to scale that up. Unfortunately, the acquisition did not go through. There were two parties. They then favoured the other party, but I, I learned quite a, quite a lot in that in that experience. I had a discussion uh, with a VC firm um, and a bank on how to structure uh, taking over the the, the organization and, and 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 so on. With with um, more recently, I, I've worked with um, I, I've been involved in mentorship. Of, um, um, of entrepreneurs and um, maybe just going back to the corporate world when I was in the corporate world I, I was responsible for a hotel supplies um, a, a hotel chain which had a, um, a and I was involved on the supply chain side and as a result of, of, of that I would work um, with quite a lot of suppliers emerging suppliers um, d- developing them and 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 that kind of exposed me to working with entrepreneurs and mentorship of of entrepreneurs I guess later on we'll, we'll talk about a bit about mentorship um, and that's where I discovered my my passion thanks Nancy
2: thank you today that's so interesting to hear I think or I think the, the skills that you learned about like acquiring companies has to be fascinating but also incredibly complex one thing i wanted to ask about was what prompted your interest in the boot camp program and have you found any of the tools from the disciplined entrepreneurship framework particularly useful
0: so um i've always had an interest in in mit being one of the top um uh, engineering uh, university in the in the world um so I, I I think when when the the MOOCs were started operating and being put on uh, on the web is when I got involved. I think the MIT Open Courseway. So I used to um, to study or or to use um, the notes from the MIT Open Courseway quite a quite a bit, and I think it was because of that connection. That I, I, I then discovered um, the bootcamp, but but one other issue. Um, once I got the invitation, was um, what really attracted me was was this deep immersion over a very short period of time, um, around five days, um, in a foreign country with uh, in in a very diverse in a very diverse environment. With uh, entrepreneurs from literally from all over the world,
1: I can one hundred percent identify with your answer, um, and and I I continue to to find the principles helpful. But uh, but connecting with that network, it has been so meaningful, and and I'm glad to hear that it has been for you too.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I do agree with you. So just going back to Spencer's question about what were some of the, the principles that I, that I picked up. Just the, the, the primary issues like primary market survey, I, I, I think for me, was quite an, an, an important principle picking up from the, from the boot camp. And also, one of the key things that I remember from, from Bill's presentation is that you do not have a business. Um, and uh, up to the point that you have a paying customer, and and I, I think that's one of the enduring things that I've always learned, and I, I impart on on some of the the entrepreneurs that that I, I I mentor as well. Thanks, thanks, Nancy.
1: Yeah, you make a really good point, and actually, um, just before the discussion, um, a, a few of us were sort of talking about. Uh, where we are in our own entrepreneurial journey and um and some of us are at at that point um, at that juncture trying to you know just prove our market and and get those first paying customers it's it's exciting and and also a little bit scary i think but um but i appreciate you really sharing that about your experience i was actually wondering if you could uh, how Preventures Capital is about identifying and funding African startups um, that you feel have the potential to transform Africa. I, I think that's a lofty but amazing goal.
0: Yes, it is. I have to say right off the bat that um, one of the... Uh, inherent things about the African continent, possibly from the disadvantage that there is a high unemployment rate. So you often find that the, the level of entrepreneurship in Africa has been record, recorded to be the highest in the world. Having said that, one of the, the, the biggest challenges is that, that the type of entrepreneurship is really uh, survival entrepreneurship, as opposed to uh, high-growth ventures or or IDEs, as um, to use Bill Bill let us terms. So, from um, when we look at entrepreneurs in Africa, we there are usually three key issues that that, that we look at. The first one is, is traction. Um, that's that's fairly common. That's something that is um, similar, both in a typical, let's say, Silicon Valley model, as opposed to uh, compared to the African continent. So there has to be traction. Um, the startup and the founders have to have an understanding of the market um, and and the, and the and the product market and the product market fit. The second issue, which is quite important as well, are the teams. Who are the founders in the, in the startup? It's often been said that you, you back um, founders or, uh, or teams as opposed to um, the startup itself. I have found this to be, to be true um, both from a personal point of view and, and from the startup's point of view. You often find that... Um, uh, how the, the 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 understanding, the knowledge of of the of the founder members, and how they work together, as um, uh, as entrepreneurs, we might and un- we we understand that um, uh, a, a startup and and teams um, almost uh, you can compare them to a marriage. A, a good team uh, goes far, um, but. But uh, when there is no chemistry, not so much. To go back to an African proverb, um, they say that if you want to to go fast, you go alone. Um, If you want to go far, uh, you go with with someone. So teams are are very important. Um, The third important issue is really the the size of, of, of the market what are they addressing and and what is the what what is the size of of the market what's the total available market um the term to go back to um some of the bootcamp terminology that we picked up so i would say those are the the three the three key issues
2: absolutely and i think one of the amongst what you've just said i think it's so important to have a team that is cohesive together. Would I be able to ask, uh, do you have any sort of criteria by which you determine if a team has chemistry or how do you tell, this is a team that's working together well, this team might have difficulties. How do you sort of tell that kind of thing from your perspective?
0: Like I, like I pointed out, um, the, the chemistry um, is, is often important, how they, they work uh, together as a as a unit Um, another important issue is is diversity Um, just recently a couple of weeks ago one of the startups i'm 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 dealing with decided to introduce a lady um, as a as a founder and 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 one of the areas you know i was quite excited and encouraging them um, because um, in diversity, you get diverse points of view. Um, you you become quite quite strong. So, so diversity is is, is is very important. But I would I would say also, domain knowledge is is quite important. Once again, um, just to go back to one of the startups um, I, I, I work with in the in the portfolio, is um, involved in in agro agrotech. He has an a background in agricultural engineering, but also a passion for agriculture, and you find that that translates into the way he, the way he thinks, and 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 so on. So that's that's the thing. But um, another important uh, issue, as 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 a team, is their ability to listen to to each other. Um, you know so there's a lot of humility that comes with in 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 startups um you might sometimes you might fail and and you have to be able to to listen to voices voices of founders more importantly voices of of um of of mentors and and so on so i would say those are some of the the key issues it's not ex- those are not exhaustive but i would say those are the core the core points in in founders
1: I appreciate that. I know there's no, you know, perfect recipe for a team, but um, I, I really appreciate you kind of outlining uh, what you've seen work and and you know maybe not work as well. We can take away from that. Um, I, I know you're really you're really passionate about empowering um, African entrepreneurs, and and I think that's amazing. I was wondering if you could actually talk somewhat about your work with Acro Capital Accelerator Program. So from my understanding, it's a digital accelerator for tech startups originating from townships, but I'd love you to kind of detail how it actually works.
0: Yeah, sure. So um, I, I realize this is a diverse audience. So uh, a, a township from an, um, an African perspective, uh, maybe the equivalent in, in the U.S. might be close to um, the projects coming from a project or, or perhaps a high density area. Um, previously, another way of looking at it is, is really looking at, at founders from a previously disadvantaged um, background. So um, that's, that's what the, the program is about working with uh, startups, with founders from a previously disadvantaged uh, background. The tech aspect of it is really um, in whatever they look at is is having a backbone or a, a technology as an enabler. Just to give you one of the examples um, of one of the founders is that within the within the townships. Um, He works with, in South Africa we call them spaza shops, or um, in other areas they might call them tax shops, but these are home shops that are very, usually very small, uh, but service the economy. And what he is doing is acting as the supply chain, or setting up a supply chain supplying those shops they play an important role in the sense that your day-to-day groceries, it's, it's almost like a 24-7, but much smaller. So he supplies um, those convenience shops um, with the, the day-to-day um, um, groceries. But what he's looking at is developing it into a, a network um, and, and harnessing that technology to better service um, that, 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 that startup. So I would say in a nutshell, that, that is it. It's a cohort of about, um, last year we had a cohort of, of 30, 30 startups in the, in the program. I've got to say that it's, it's really exciting, highly rewarding. There have been quite a few um, um, startups that have come from there um that have gotten gone on to fi- to get funding um, to to scale their their startups yeah so that's that's in a yeah, in a nutshell that's that's what the, the acro uh, t- uh, township accelerator program is about
2: that's excellent and i feel like that opens up sort of um you know bringing your mentorship and your team's membership mentorship opens up a lot of ability to grow for these smaller communities. I was hoping to ask a little bit about sort of the entrepreneurial landscape, obviously in Africa, but in the particular communities that you work amongst, have you seen them evolve over time? And where would you sort of like them to go in the future? What do you think would be the direction you'd wanna push them at the moment?
0: So so Spencer, when you start talking of Africa, you really excite me and, and I could i could talk for for an hour on the on the issue um but i guess the the journey um of the um, entrepreneurship ecosystem in africa um, begins with the growth in the middle class um, uh, of africa so africa has got a population currently of 1.2 billion it's, uh, it's projected to grow to about 1.7 by by 2030. There is a, a, a growth of the middle class and that growth in, excuse me, in that middle class um, it equates to an increase in demand for goods and services. And the entrepreneurs are best suited um, to provide that 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 demand, as the, that middle class has grown, and also as there has been a pr- proliferation of technology, of the World Wide Web, uh, there has been a democratization of, um, of of access to to internet um, to the internet and and, 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 and so on. It has uh, enabled more and more entrepreneurs on the continent um, to grow, to be exposed to the rest of, of the world. So, in terms of growth, there has been a substantial growth on the African internet, uh, on the African continent, of of entrepreneurs. We've had uh, some there's some notable examples. Of, of startups um, both operating in africa operating uh, maybe having come from silicon valley and operating in africa and having come from uh, africa i'm hoping that one of the um, uh, one of the uh, bootcamp uh, alumni munya is around with flat um, that's a that's a really notable uh, example you've you've also had um, startups like Andela you have uh, you've got um, startups um, uh, in, in in agriculture, uh, perhaps in, in Kenya and so on. So there's been that huge growth and there are sports that are hubs of innovation, very similar to Silicon Valley. Kenya has led the way to a great extent, followed by um, countries like Rwanda. They. There is a terminology on the African continent where they they call it kings. So it's it's really it's Kenya, your Ivory Coast, Nigeria, which is which is huge on on tech startups and and and, and fintechs, um, Ghana, and 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 of course South Africa. So there has been a significant growth on the African continent on entrepreneurship, spurred by the rise in the in the middle class. Going forward I think there is, there is poised to be huge growth but there still need to be a lot of work that needs to be done in the background, um, setting up the ecosystem. There is, um, it's, it's, it tends to be siloed at the moment, uh, there is a need to break uh, break down those, those silos, there is a need to bring in funding, there is so much work that needs to be done
1: yeah, I, I really appreciate you you sharing that. and i I'm sure there's a lot of work to be done, but it's also fascinating to hear about what's happened so far. um i i I think I, I know I told you already I've always been fascinated by um, Africa as a continent because I feel like it is just so amazingly diverse and and I really appreciate your your heart to serve people there and to, Um, you know, empower their creativity. Um, We actually have a a question on that topic from Redmond, and he wasn't sure if his mic was going to be working, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. Redmond says, thanks for sharing. Could you talk a little bit about what African entrepreneurs need the most versus founders from other regions and countries? So um, is there a significant technology lag or other embedded infrastructure challenge that would potentially hinder development of some startups.
0: Um, so, w- w- what 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 entrepreneurs need the most on the African continent? Um, I guess the the infrastructure um, is, is is very much lags behind from compared to to other continents. Um, be it um, the technology infrastructure, be it um, just connectivity, uh, maybe mobility by road, rail, um, that's the, and, and so on. So there is quite a bit of work that needs to be done. Having said that, in as much as the, those, um, one could call them voids or institutional voids, they also present an opportunity um, for Africans to, to come and, and fill up those voids and, and build up that, that infrastructure. Secondly, I think that, um, as, as I highlighted earlier on, the ecosystem, needs to be further developed so we, we tend to lag behind in as far as as that ecosystem is is concerned. Um, there's a lot of work that really need to be put in to be to build up a sufficient ecosystem that will support um, the, the, the the entrepreneurs on the on the continent. They are the. Then, then comes the, the the usual suspects issues like funding. One of the major challenges on the African continent is that, unlike um, the first world and unlike, uh, let's say, Silicon Valley, you often find that the um, the, the financial institutions, the mutual funds that are readily available in a in an American or Silicon Valley setup, um, the limited partners tend to be risk averse on the African continent. As a result of that, a lot of the funding has has usually come from outside, um, from the US, for example, and also angel investors. On the, on the African continent. So we lag behind um, in, in terms of that is concerned. The, the third thing I would, I would like to, to just highlight is, is a cohesive policy right, right throughout. I think we tend to lag behind in as far as that is concerned. There are a few notable exceptions which I've already highlighted. Uh, countries like Kenya, um, countries like, like Rwanda, where they have really put up uh, policies that um, that attract investors from both from within and from without the continent. Maybe I would, uh, uh, there, there are a few other other areas, but I would um, uh, I would say those are the, the key ones for for now, Nancy.
1: Thank you uh, so much for the detail of that answer. And actually, Redmond just said thank you as well. Um, I actually have kind of a follow-up question um, sort of based off of that one. How do you feel um, like outsiders such as myself who really, you know, care about the sustainability of, you know, the, the ecosystem, the, um, and, and the economy in, in these different African um, countries um, you know, I, I would identify myself sort of um, if you divided up in your boot camp and in the, the different personalities um, as the hipster in this situation, um, but I don't necessarily understand the landscape that you're working with. Um, how, how would you recommend that those people best help without getting in the way?
0: so there, there there are quite a few areas that, that you could actually uh, assist uh, nancy and and someone who is like 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 Na- like nancy um, the first point is is mentorship um, you will find that there are some key there, there are some basic issues from an entrepreneurship point of view, that are applicable irrespective of where you are, and you will often find that there are a lot of programs that are on the African continent. If if um, trying to connect, um, doing it uh, perhaps from a proactive point of view, looking at at um, an, a, a startup or a program where you identify with the mission and, and offering uh, your help. A lot of the experience that you have, the, the exposure that you've got, would definitely help a, a, a lot. The second issue would be um, from a funding point of view. Um, perhaps once again actively seeking, but this, this, is, this is going to take a bit of time. It's something that I had a discussion with with Redmond uh, regarding um, uh, earlier earlier on um, in in that setting up a, a fund. Um, in our discussion, we called it a diasporan fund, but it might even be let's just say uh, boot campers uh, who are passionate about Africa and saying let's set up a fund and let's let's look for. Um, startups on the African continent whose vision and whose mission we we are in agreement with and then and then look at at, at investing in those I would say those are some of the the, the areas but there's quite a lot that, that that could be done nancy mentorship funding funding uh, are key um, yeah i'd say those those two are the are, are the are the big ones there are a few other issues as well
2: Thank you very much. It's good to hear about like sort of ways that people outside of Africa, Africa can assist. Um, but I was hoping to ask you, in your experience, what do you feel aspiring African entrepreneurs need the most assistance with as in regards to, is it that lack of experience or what, what do you think would help them from their perspective the most?
0: The most in uh, in 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 uh, in order, maybe the, the, the two big big issues. Um, the first one that, that I often find is now, the, 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 Spencer. The, the, this this depends on your level of exposure and and what what you can do. Um, the I would say mentorship is is a is a huge issue. So. So I would I would I would focus on, on, on mentorship, but I would also say um, secondly is is, is funding. Um, I, I think this is an issue that we've come across as entrepreneurs. Uh, sometimes one would say funding is a is a big issue, um, but but oftentimes it's more about mentorship, uh, exposure to the, the the what what you literally have um getting them to be investor ready i think that that's that's the one uh, major challenge uh, that we would face if i if i'm to uh, i put myself in that group as, as african entrepreneurs being investor ready um the basics starting with the basics do we have um our our businesses incorporated do we have the structures in in place? Do we have legal, sound legal ad, advice? Do we have a minimum viable product? Do we have traction? Um, do we have founders and so on? So I would say I would say that, that that's one. That's the big issue. The funding I would say is, is is the second issue as well.
1: Thanks so much for for detailing that. Um, I, it's clear that you're an amazing mentor too. Just the the way that you put things. I really um, appreciate the specificity of it Um, i really love that you're so passionate about helping other people but i wanted to go back to you for a moment and and ask you um you know have has there been a time when you've had to look at your entrepreneurial journey and make a major pivot or completely deviate from your plan and how, how did you handle that? And looking back, would you make any changes to that experience?
0: Yes, Nancy. Um, the, the, the big issue, I, I I explained earlier on that most of my working life, I have spent in a corporate environment. And I, I think I, I really like um, Steve Blank's explanation about a startup that it's, it's not a, a smaller version of a, of a big corporate. It is something that is, a, that is totally different. And oftentimes we don't realize that when you come from a corporate background, one of the major problems or challenges that I faced is that I had a corporate mentality. When I started my, my first startup, I, I, I was looking at plush offices, um, having um, salespeople and so on, instead of literally focusing on a, on a minimum viable product, make sure that uh, testing the idea, doing a primary market survey, make sure that the idea works. So that was one of the major challenges that I came across when, when I started off the, the entrepreneurial journey. And I've got to say, it has it has taken me quite a while to to overcome that mindset, and just having a change, a shift in mindset, from uh, uh, looking at a startup being a smaller version of of a corporate or a big company uh, to to a to what it is to to a startup. Um, that is, that, that I would say is, is probably the key challenge that I faced.
2: That's so interesting to hear about. There is such a big um, distinction in the culture and what to expect from that sort of heavy corporate experience versus startup experience. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you about was how, so if you've been working with a particular um, group for a time, a particular company, how do you decide... Or how do you tell when they have sort of stabilized, when they're at the point where you can sort of let them go on their own? Or is there always that mentor relationship?
0: I, I, I think that mentor, firstly, it, it depends on the, on the startup. It depends on the, on the founders. Um, some founders, after a, a period of mentorship, uh, kind of get it. And, and are able to move on on their own. Others need a bit of uh, hand holding uh, for a bit of a, a longer time. In order, uh, how do you determine, I guess it's about the relationship that, that you have with, um, with, with the founders. And, and in order for you to determine whether to, to continue with them or to, to let them go but there is always a healthy relationship from a mentorship point of view that you can have. Irrespective of the level of actualization of the founders, they may have have a quite a solid team, but I think you will always have that mentorship. And in a way, when when you kind of look at it, uh, mentorship and, and advice can be can be equated to to boards. Um, you, in as much as you will always need a, a board for an organisation, irrespective of um, whether it's a startup or or a big corporate. I guess that mentorship um, is always needed, but it's it's perhaps it's it's the the level the advice that you give and and the direction um the the advice and the direction that you give the the founders
1: i really appreciate that I, I think that's excellent advice um i i was actually i know we were kind of running up against uh the end of the hour um do you have a little bit more time to continue with a couple more questions
0: yeah sure sure we can we can go ahead
1: and i actually um would love to ask you if you have any um, book recommendations for us I know I'm catching you off guard with this question a little bit um, even if you don't have them you know right at the moment um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: No no not at all I, I do have a, I've got a I've got a couple that I could I could recommend for me the number one book um, that I've really taken, a lot of inspiration from is Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Um, that is, uh, I, I, I like the way he thinks, um, uh, being, you know, he, he tends to have a contrarian view uh, to the norm, even the way the whole book starts, um, the fact that the next, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the, the next unicorn is not going to be a, a Facebook, why? Because it's going to be very different. Um, and 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 there's validation in the things that he says. If you look at, um, for example, TikTok, um, if you look at clubhouse, you will often find that that um, startups are always very different. and And what what he really focuses there on is to say that um, it's important not to so much copy what has been done. But to think outside the box, think afresh, uh, come up with with, with, with with something something new. The second one is the power of habit, uh, by um, I think it's Charles Duhigg. Now, uh, once again, as entrepreneurs, it's it's very it's often a mindset issue that we overcome you grow or not necessarily grow you overcome obstacles you overcome challenges a lot because of mindsets and mindsets which develop into habits and i like the way charles Duhigg explains explains um, the power of a habit and and how you can reprogram yourself um, and and how you can change the way you think i would say those are the two recommendations that I've, I've recently come across um, that I would highly recommend.
1: Thank you so much. So I, I, I did want to, to touch on something that we've touched on in several of um, these discussions. We've had who voiced you know, both the challenges and the, uh, the silver lining moments brought about as a result of the pandemic. Can you talk about you know, how your business and, and how your life has been affected and any difficult decisions
0: you've faced? Yeah, sure, sure. Th- th- thanks very much, Nancy. That, that is um, um, an important point. And uh, once again, just to, to highlight, you know, there is the expression that you should, words to the effect that um, you should not waste a, a good a good crisis or uh, a, a major downturn, a, a major issue, um, it's an opportunity and like you pointed out or, or the way you described it, a, a silver a silver lining. For me, one of the major issues I, I, I remember quite clearly in the last year, around about February, when the pandemic started hitting the shores of, of South Africa, prior to that, I had a vibrant uh, training, um, so remember you, you highlighted the, the, the projects, um, the services part of it um, entailed training a lot of um, technocrats um, from outside of South Africa who were physically coming to South Africa um, to, 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 to undergo training. Um, in, in, in high, hardcore technical issues, issues like project management, supply chain management, quality, and, and so on, because that involved face-to-face um, training, that literally stopped as borders started closing, and, and that was a, a huge issue. In terms from a, just from a, a construction or from a project's point of view, a lot of projects were also put on hold. And that, that's one of the areas that, that caused me to, to pivot more towards um, entrepreneurial uh, acceleration programs. That's actually how I then um, started, um, got involved with, with Acro, Acro projects and or, um, Acro capital, sorry. And, and the fact that it could be an online experience um, so you will find that during the 13-week program the most of, of, of the delivery has been done online. There has been, um, uh, there has been one or two face-to-face meetings, but pre- predominantly most of, the, most of the work has been conducted online. So, so the COVID pandemic really caused, caused me to pivot in that direction. It also enabled me to expose a passion that I have that of mentorship, um, mentoring startups, and working with startups in an intense, in an intense program. Yeah, so I, I would say that, that that was one of the, the key issues. But I guess the, the principle to that is that oftentimes when a crisis hits, when a black swan um, moment comes, It appears as if the the world, you know, the the bottom has fallen off. The world has come to an end. But you often find, as you go through it, that there are uh, opportunities that are presented as a result of that. And I guess that's what that's the whole essence of entrepreneurship.
2: I think that's very wise words, Tadeo. I think um, these, as you said, black swan moments are opportunities that people where you can do a lot of good and a lot of amazing things if you properly sort of direct yourself. Now, as we are sort of at the end of the time, I was hoping to ask you a question that we um, quite often ask. If you had any sort of uh, best lessons or words of wisdom that you'd feel comfortable sharing with us, treat this more as sort of an open question for you to take as Feels right for
0: you. Um, w- w- wise words. I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm as, as wise as as you as, as Spencer um, uh, or insightful like like Nancy. But one of the things that that I've been I've been going through is is um, just maybe maybe outline a, a, a philosophy. Um, once again, Spencer, perhaps you could you could also um, send that through to to the audience. Brad Feld has come up with a few books that he has written, both on on ventures and and ecosystems and so on, and he's come up with the bolder thesis um, where he looks at communities and and how startups need to thrive. and And the first point he makes is that. Um, a, a, a thriving uh, ecosystem must be led by, by entrepreneurs um, and and he highlights. Uh, he uses terminology like there must be leaders and 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 follow and and feeders, and the entrepreneurs are the leaders in that in that um, in that setup, set and the feeders are everyone else, um, the legal profession, venture capital companies, accelerator programs, and and so on that feed into. Uh, into the the entrepreneurship ecosystem. And then the second one is that you must have a long-term view. Irrespective of the bolder thesis, I think this is something that we need to have as as entrepreneurs. And realize that entrepreneurship is more of a marathon as opposed to a a, a 100-meter or a 100-yard dash. A third one is, is, is a philosophy of inclusiveness diversity really works and diversity is important from an an entrepreneurial point of view sometimes it's it's not intuitive but it's something that we need to embrace and as we embrace it you will often yield great result i go back to um, to that statement that if you want to go fast you go alone if you want to go far uh, go with go with someone or go with uh, the with with the team And then the second one is um, having events that are substantive, not just uh, that are nominal, uh, that really have meaning, accelerator programs, uh, a support system, such as the the Founders Voyage, for for example. I would say that those would be my words of wisdom.
1: Those are all excellent um, words of wisdom and and you are definitely wise um and you're also quite humble. Um, I, I think we've all learned a lot in this hour. um if if you do, I do have um, one more question from Richard, and then we'll we'll let you go. thanks for your presentation. Uh, my question is, uh, what is the uh, the public support uh, level? of uh, startups uh in your area maybe in, uh, uh in your region overall uh versus established corporate brands is there any chance
0: dealing with the public if, if if i'm getting your so i, I understand your your, your first p- part uh, correctly richard I, i'll answer that and then I'll, and then just find out from you if i fully addressed it so in terms of um sup- support i'm I am based in South Africa, and I highlighted earlier on that in terms of um, uh, countries in Africa that have set up an enabling environment uh, for entrepreneurs, South Africa is one of them. Uh, like I highlighted, they call it the Kings: uh, Kenya, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, Ghana, and 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 South Africa. So so it's 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 fairly it's 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 fairly robust. However, having said that, you often find that in as much as there are resources, but they tends to be siloed. So you will often find that entrepreneurs may not necessarily have di- direct access or access of of what what they would like. Compared to established brands, I guess, um, the established brands have uh, better access uh, to, to those. So you will often find that um, they are better able or better positioned to have access to, to the resources that are available. So there are resources that are available on the African continent. Sometimes entrepreneurs do not have access to that. And and that ecosystem, setting up a, an ecosystem almost similar to Bradfeld's Boulder thesis is, is what is needed on the African continent. I don't know if I've answered your question fully.
1: But you have. Uh, I appreciate your response. And uh, thanks again for the presentation, Tadeo.
0: Thanks very much, Richard.
1: Yeah, thank you for answering all of our questions today. I, I think that... Um, I will definitely have some more for you, but I appreciate you kind of uh, drawing this picture, you know, of of what entrepreneurship looks like um, in your experience in Africa. And um, I know we have quite a few members of our community that are really um, as passionate as you are about seeing those ventures, um, you know, have the meaningful impact that that they would like to and seeing them grow. So. Um, we'll definitely continue this discussion. Thank you so much, Tadeo. And again, we really appreciate your thoughts and everything you've shared with us and taught us today. Um, I'd also like to thank everyone for uh, joining and and listening and participating um, and bringing perspective and energy to today's discussion. Um, Spencer and I feel really fortunate to be part of this community, part, part of a community with you. Um, And for the opportunity to bring this cooperative learning experience to you each week. So we really appreciate your ongoing engagement um, and your ideas on how we can make it better. Um, We will definitely have some additional events coming up and we will let you know about that soon. Thanks again, everyone, for joining. And I hope you have a great day and evening ahead.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks, t- thanks, uh, Nancy and, and, and Spencer, for the great work you're doing. You guys, keep it up. You're doing a great work. Thank you so much, Tadeo.
1: Thank you. It, it doesn't work without you um, sharing and all the others that have shared, so really appreciate it.
2: All right, thanks. Have
1: a great night, Tadeo.
2: This has been Nancy and Spencer on Founders Voyage Weekly Podcast. Our speaker each week can be reached through our Discord server. Our intro and outro music is from the song Something for Nothing by Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band. We will be back again next week for another episode. Until then, have a great day and continue your voyage.